Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is March 10th, 2020, and um, I'm trying to uh, get this to stop acting up. My system has been acting up connecting to the live stream, but I think we're good now. Uh, today's uh, pretty exciting. There's a lot going on, a lot of announcement, and boy, is Bernie going to have a really bad day today. Uh, from what I know, he's going to be in Cleveland uh, rallying with Biden at the same time, so it'll be quite interesting to see the numbers. Uh, Bernie has booked uh, the Hutchington, Huntington uh, Center and um, Biden, of course, decided to go to community college, uh, which is pretty funny because this panic with the coronavirus, right? <laughs> They've shut down Cleveland State. Uh, is it? No, it's not Cleveland. State. It's Ohio State. Which one is it? I forget. They're all in panic mode. Uh, you know, shutting down classes. Harvard announced after spring break, nobody comes back. Everything's going to be done remotely. You know, think about it. You remember how Donald Trump's never going to be president. He's never going to be president. Trust me. He's never this. We're going to have a mashup of people on the left and the right telling us how much we need to panic. Because here's the thing. When have you ever heard them reporting on flu A, flu B, SARS, you know, and giving you all this panic? And what's up with the toilet paper? Is this like some way of coaxing us into like Sharia butt wiping, use your left hand kind of thing? I mean, I'm just confused. If anything, you would stock up on, well, what would you stock up on? I mean, you could get everything delivered and you don't even have to come in contact with people. Come on, let's be honest, guys. We can remotely access everything, working from home, learning from home, and you can even order food that'll come to your home, uh, giving you less contact with anyone. So in this day and age, why the panic? <laughs> why toilet paper? I was speaking to my daughter and she was like, there's no toilet paper. Good thing you still have the tushies. So... Uh, I actually tweeted it out so because I'm a customer, so I can give you guys $5 off. It's not like I'm going to get like tons of tushies, right? Because that's all, that's the only benefit I get is bidets. But, you know, they're, they're actually good. Nobody likes to talk about the down there. Uh, funny thing is I went to their site, so that way I can um, save people $5 or whatever. And I saw that they... <laughs> They had a portable tushy. I'm sorry. I don't mean it's hilarious. It looks like a, a water bottle uh, that you could take with you. I'm just saying. So wash your hands and, you know, enjoy the show because, you know, the mainstream media and these verified check marks amplifying the panic are those you need to kind of just be like, okay, yes, it's a flu. Yes, it's going to spread. Yes, if you're compromised, you might die. Uh, you know, so many people on my Facebook panicking. I mean, my mom even, you know, sent me a message. You know, obviously she's sick. And I thank all of you for the prayers because she's battling cancer too. And um, she was like, I was watching the movie Contagion. This is like they knew about the coronavirus. This is like the same thing. And it's like, it's just a virus. Obviously, there were some extraordinary statements in that movie, you know, that 
symptoms were just like boom. But they did find a cure within like 12 days, which is the average. Uh, You know, all this spreading and people touching and licking fingers and sticking fingers in their eyes. You know, did you know that your cell phone has more fecal bacteria than anything else you own? These are like fun facts that are real. So if you're a person that practices good hygiene, that's great. Uh, I... Never use hand sanitizer ever because the good bacteria we have actually protects us. It's water and soap, you guys. Water and soap or just water even. That helps. God-given provided items. This panic is driving me insane. And speaking of panic and kind of Gestapo mentalities. I'm seeing a lot of stuff coming through. Oh, this is happening. This is, but see, stories that were missed in January and February and December and November, you know, when they thought impeachment was going to work, no one talked about the coronavirus. It's like the coronavirus went boom after impeachment failed. But, you know, those are facts and observations that we shouldn't be voicing, right? Everyone's an expert on Facebook. All of them were impeachment experts. Now they're all medical experts telling you how to um, battle uh, the flu. And <laughs> I'm not a medical expert. I am a scientist. I could tell you this, this flu um, is uh, just a flu. And it it is indeed a designer flu, right? If you want to say that. But we design a lot of things and technology has us way, way ahead. Now these quarantines like Ted Cruz, self-quarantining, and everyone else I think is more so for the storm that has landed. That kicked off yesterday. Oh, that's coming full speed ahead. I mean, I was just thinking, like, what if everyone just was like quarantined, like a medical martial law, stay in your house, don't get out. And, you know, military tribute. That's totally cool. But I don't see that. Uh, I see this as the best way to demonstrate just how fake news fake news is because they're spreading panic and we need to spread that information like wildfire. Uh, he's not prepared enough. This is horrible. This is stuff that I've said, you know, they're just weaponizing anything. Never let a good crisis go to waste. And the flu is obviously a crisis, but you know, <laughs> if impeachment had worked, there'd be no coronavirus talk, right? Let's get this straight. We wouldn't be talking about the coronavirus. They'd find something else. And Russia, according to uh, Adam Schiff, has been revived. This is a very important topic for Schiff. Uh, and uh, more importantly, another thing that um, I saw was that we have even Gavin Newsom, which, by the way, I'm going to play the clip where he praises President Trump. Then I'm going to tell you why he's praising President Trump. Over the past couple of days, President Trump has said that he would prefer if none of the passengers aboard these cruises landed on U.S. soil. Did he mention any of that to you in your conversation? Yeah, we had, a co we had a private conversation, but he said we're going to do the right thing, and you have my support, uh, all of our support. Uh, logistically and otherwise. So I, before he made those statements publicly, I had a private conversation with him around 4.30 uh, West Coast time. 
uh, and he said everything uh, that I could have hoped for. Uh, and we had a very long conversation, uh, and every single thing he said, they followed through on. So I'm, I'm just not interested in, in finding daylight uh, on those statements because uh, every single thing, his administration, and it starts at the top, uh, including the vice president, uh, has been consistent with uh, the expectation that we repatriate these passengers and we do it in a way that does justice to the spirit that defines the best of our country and the state of California. Wait a minute. So the president has done everything you would hoped he would do, and he's doing a great job, yet we have all the crazy talking heads on TV saying different. Now, here's the thing. Remember, California's not getting any money because they're a sanctuary state slash city right so you know they're 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 struggling for federal funds and it's like listen we're gonna bring these people here no you're not well you want some money to combat i don't know the plague that you've got going on and listen to this and this hasn't gone mainstream yet but you heard it here first leprosy oh yes leprosy we're gonna start having leper colonies soon and um uh, I heard this uh, from a very, very, very important source of mine uh, that works in uh, a military installation around um, Silicon Valley. So this is pretty incredible. So now we're going to have leper colonies. I mean, you know, with all the poop and the needles, uh, it's obvious. And we also have, don't forget, their laws, you know, where if you walk into a store, like literally... <laughs> You walk into like the supermarket, you fill your cart up with stuff. I don't know, like whatever you want, but it has to be under, I think it's, what is it? $800, $900 and you can walk out and it's not a crime. Uh, so <laughs> Gavin Newsom has his hands full now that he doesn't have access to the federal piggy bank. So he's very compliant. And uh, one of the first that is demonstrating, uh, you know, well, the president is doing what he needs to be doing for this and is pretty good. And speaking of the president doing what he needs to be doing, uh, you know, he addressed something that a lot of people don't address ever is people getting sick. So how many of you have gotten sick that are hourly wage persons or you have a small business and you're sick and uh, you can't afford, you know, medicine because you didn't put in the hours and you're sick? Like you don't get paid time off. Uh, you know, you're sick, you're not making money. God knows I lose tons of money when I'm sick or, you know, having to deal with family issues that are, you know, unexpected. How many of you are there? Well, he's actually creating and facilitating uh, plans that will help people. And now that the coronavirus is so widespread and such a big deal, he has to overcompensate for the flu. Uh, not so much for the fact that people are sick with the flu and we have to check them, but testing them and learning because the thing about flus that I've said before, viruses in general, they mutate with every person. So the flu strain I have, if I give it to you, will be different with a touch of Tori on it. So, <laughs> so it's constantly changing. You can't really vaccinate. The only thing you can do is find the way it binds and try to, um, 
eliminate its ability to do so. And this is what medications do too, right? If you have blood pressure, they act on certain receptors uh, to stop the symptom of blood pressure rising, right? And the same thing goes for proper vaccines, which is not giving you the dead virus, but actually cultivating the virus and then finding ways to uh, disable its ability to, um, I don't want to say procreate, but uh, propagate within your system. So that that is the goal, not giving you dead viruses to learn. Now, so coronavirus crazy. But here's a story that a lot of people didn't hear. So obviously Russia closed down their borders to coronavirus and they've had two victims. Now one woman, and we're talking in January, right? January before, you know, during impeachment where coronavirus wasn't even a thing. Um, she went to Russia. Um, she went to the doctor's office, sorry, and said, you know, she has a bit of a scratchy throat. Uh, you know, her throat hurt and she didn't know what was wrong. And she told them, you know, I had gone to China. Well, Russia put her in quarantine. And even though she didn't test positive for coronavirus and wasn't, you know, uh, contagious or anything, they stuck her in this room and this chick like literally, you know, MacGyvered her way out of quarantine with the digital lock and ran away. So, um, because what she was scared of is, is that they were using her because she was healthy to experiment with the coronavirus. So she runs away and escapes. And then the government, even though she's not a coronavirus patient, not contagious, you know, they actually want to send her back and fine her for escaping quarantine. I kid you not. Like, this is legit. So um, in mid-February, there was like a whole court hearing in this tiny room with tons of journalists who supposedly are reporting on the fact that this coronavirus patient ran away and yet they're all huddled in this small room talking with no mask touching stuff spitting coughing laughing sneezing and it's like okay i thought that she was a danger so now the court after determining that okay she's not a risk and she could go home and seek therapy or whatever for something she doesn't have they're actually trying to lock her up back into isolation even though she doesn't have anything which makes you wonder. Uh, on the other hand, uh, there have been reports that this weaponization of this virus is going on with the migrants at the border in Turkey. And this kind of was discussed um, yesterday when... Uh, Erdogan was in Brussels and talking with NATO and the European Union in regards to actions and uh, asking Greece to open up their borders. And we'll talk about that later. So coronavirus panic um, is all what? Not just for the market, because, you know, we all know that they wanted to tank the market. They wanted to push it. Now, we don't need to panic. And when I see people saying, you're not taking it as seriously as you should, or I stocked up, you should too. Follow me. I know. Uh, it's like, mm, I'll pass. Because I'm going to slot you into a mishmash of video where you're telling the world that they need to panic. So here's a little clip from Tucker, who says it. And you guys know, I love Tucker. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. The Chinese coronavirus out to be just that, an epidemic. There's no denying that now. According to the official count, this country has recorded more than 500 cases of the virus and suffered at least 24 deaths. 
The real number is without question far higher than that. Soon we will have a better sense of just how much higher. By then, this epidemic will have caused economic damage whose effects may dog us for years. People you know will get sick. Some may die. This is real. That's the point of this script, to tell you that. You'll be forgiven if the whole thing snuck up on you as if from nowhere. An obscure virus arising from a meat market in eastern China to sicken American citizens in Oregon and New Hampshire and Illinois and midtown Manhattan. It sounds ridiculous. Nor have our leaders helped us to take it seriously. On the left, you've heard them tell you that the real worry is that you might use the wrong word to describe what's happening to the country. It's racist, they're telling you, to blame the most racist nation in the world for the spread of this virus. Right. Meanwhile, if we're being honest, the other side has not been especially helpful either. People you trust, people you probably voted for, have spent weeks minimizing what is clearly a very serious problem. It's just partisan politics, they say. Calm down. In the end, this is just like the flu, and people die from that every year. Coronavirus will pass, and when it does, we will feel foolish for worrying about it. That's their position. No doubt these people have good intentions, as they say this, many of them anyway. They may not know any better. Maybe they're just not paying attention. Or maybe they believe they're serving some higher cause by shading reality. Nobody wants to be manipulated by a corrupt media establishment, and it is corrupt. And there's an election coming up. Best not to say anything that might help the other side. We we get it. But they're wrong. The Chinese coronavirus is a major event. It will affect your life. And by the way, it's definitely not just the flu. In a typical year, the flu in this country has a mortality rate of about one in a thousand. The overall death rate for this virus, by contrast, is as high as 3.4 percent. That's 34 times deadlier. But even that number masks the true effect because the mortality is not distributed evenly. For those aged 70 to 79, the death rate is about 8 percent. For those over 80, it's nearly 15 percent. Death rates are also higher for those with diabetes, respiratory ailments or heart conditions. That's a lot of people. So what will things look like once the epidemic matures in America? Well, for answers, consider what's happening in Italy. Italy isn't authoritarian like China, and it's not backward like Iran. It is a modern, developed Western country, in many ways like our country. As of tonight, coronavirus has brought Italy to a standstill. The prime minister has suspended all travel throughout the country unless it's for work, health or emergencies. All museums and archaeological sites are closed. All public gatherings have been banned. Sporting events are now canceled entirely for the first time since the Second World War. In effect, the entire country is locked down tonight. Over the weekend, prisoners rioted, causing several deaths. Italy is now suffering almost 100 casualties, people who've died every day from the virus. That's far worse than here. But the only difference likely is time. Early evidence suggests it takes about six days for the number of coronavirus cases to double. If that trend holds here in the United States, it will be just a few weeks until we are where Italy is now. In a few months, if nothing stops the virus, there will be millions of cases here. This is bad more than simply for physical health. The Dow Jones average fell more than 2,000 points today. That's a decline of more than 7.5%. It was the market's worst day since the 2008 financial crisis. It was the fourth worst day since the Great Depression. Grant Thornton, a major accounting firm, is predicting a global recession due to this epidemic and very low growth, if any, here in the United States. If a recession does hit, it will not be so simple to fight it. The usual stimulus efforts, tax cuts and lower rates, won't reopen factories that have shut down to contain a virus. It won't get people to eat at closed restaurants or shop in closed malls or attend canceled sporting events. We're going to have a demand problem in this economy, and that's a big deal. 
In other words, our country is likely to experience a painful period we are powerless to stop. None of this is justification to panic. You shouldn't panic. In crisis, it's more important than ever to be calm. But staying calm is not the same as remaining complacent. It does not mean assuring people that everything will be fine. We don't know that. Instead, it's better to tell the truth. That is always the surest sign of strength. As they level with us, our leaders ought to prepare the public for what may come next. If a recession is coming, we need to save money for the possible effect of that. If travel restrictions are coming, we should know that too. Already, the nonstop Acela train service between New York and Washington, which is critical to a lot of people, has been suspended. The Indian Wells Tennis Tournament in California, one of the largest in the world, has been canceled for this year. The March Madness Basketball Tournament is supposed to start in a couple of weeks, but it could be held in front of empty stands or postponed or canceled as well. In the end, you may be given the option to work from home, but eventually you may be ordered to do that. You should know. We should also focus on preparing our health care system for the worst. The time of containing coronavirus with widespread testing and individual quarantines, blocking the borders. Useful, but that time is over. There are too many cases here now. We cannot stop this epidemic. We can only limit the damage that it does. Now is also the time to start looking ahead to the future. Think about what it would mean to face a deadlier version of coronavirus. It's not unimaginable. It's very easy to imagine. Are we ready for that? We're not ready now. We ought to be. One of the first things we can do to prepare ourselves is break our dependence on China for essential medical supplies. Last week, China's official news service published a piece gloating that the country has brought coronavirus under control. The story claims the rest of the world should apologize to China for criticizing the country over the virus and then drops this not very subtle warning, quote, if China retaliates against the United States at this time, in addition to announcing a travel ban on the United States, it will also announce strategic control over medical products and ban exports to the United States. If China announces that its drugs are for domestic use and bans exports, the United States will fall into the hell of a new coronavirus epidemic, unquote. In other words, they're threatening to kill us. And that's not an empty threat. We really are that dependent on China for masks and medical equipment, for basic medicines, for pharmaceuticals of all kinds. It is shocking to wake up one morning and find ourselves in this supine position, dependent on a country that hates us. The people who did it, who made us this dependent on a hostile foreign power, deserve to be punished for what they did. That won't happen, probably. But at least we can try to fix the damage they caused, and there's a lot of it. The Chinese coronavirus will get worse. Its effects will be far more disruptive than they are right now. That is not a guess. It is inevitable, no matter what they're telling you. So what he's saying is that this is indeed a virus. This is indeed highly, um, it has more efficacy on angiotensin too, basically. And that actually, that specific um, feedback pathway is very important. So it's important to maintain yourself to be clean, to not um, one, ingest or contract the virus just like you would any other flu. And it is always going to be deadlier every single year that passes. Every single season of a virus, even flu A and B that they identify because the majority of the RNA identifies with the original strand that they've had, right, is always going to get deadlier because of globalization, because it changes and mutates. So in part, what he says is important. But on the other hand, you have to think, who created this wave of panic and who is going to be writing it out with like this massive MAGA surfboard? So 
key points to take away from what Tucker said, which is a little bit too hyped for me. Even though it's dangerous for people like me that have compromised immune systems, right? It's dangerous. Even if I just get flu A or flu B, right? It's dangerous. People that are cancer patients, dangerous. People that are, uh, you know, uh, undergoing therapies for things, dangerous. People that have compromised, uh, you know, uh, issues with, you know, that, that, that see a pulmonologist, dangerous. Um, you know, elderly, dangerous. Because a virus is something that your body can fight. It learns to fight it. It takes about seven days for your immune system to respond. Though, how many people in the United States are actually healthy? And when a super virus comes out that's a little bit more um, potent, let's say, and mutates so quickly, but binds to the same places but isn't identifiable as as um, others, what do you do? Yeah, well, you protect yourself, right? You make sure you're not shaking hands. You make sure you use your elbow when riding elevators like I do. Uh, You make sure to wash your hands and you make sure to not go to group gatherings unless it's necessary. Now, today I may find myself going to the Bernie rally. I just want to ask him, you know, how they feel about the Democrats, uh, you know, stealing, uh, you know, Bernie's right to be nominated uh, as candidate uh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, Gaslight. So after the break, we'll talk about the benefits of the coronavirus. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Before we delve in onto the benefits of this coronavirus outbreak, because there's always a positive side to things, I just wanted to say for my subscribe star subscribers, I detected last week that I had a specific corrupt file that was targeting very specific files. It was constantly changing my um, image files uh, to files that could not be opened. It was corrupting all my audio files, kind of like a little worm trojan very specific and this is just the computer that i use from for front facing uh things so uh I was trying to recover all week uh, my audio because every time I would try to send it or export it um, to um, my archivist, Tempest, it was not working. Uh, It would give me some weird file name. So this is my front-facing computer. It means, you know, uh, people can watch it. And... um, So it was really a big struggle. So I spent my birthday weekend uh, composing most of the audio. So three of those have gone up already. um, And I'm going to be editing more uh, today and tomorrow to put them up. Uh, You know, I'm striving for at least like one a week. But these are like small um, one hour segments for my subscribers that delve into things that I've been asked to delve into. So three of them, I think so far we've put up. So I just wanted to let um, all of you know that. Um, And, you know, I'm sure all of you got that notification anyway, uh, that subscribe. So moving forward, right? How is this 
coronavirus epidemic, not pandemic, because now China has actually fixed the issue. So has South Korea. Uh, how is this fixed? First of all, we know that it's highly specific to specific um lineages of angiotensin 2. Uh, everyone is genetically made up differently. So yes, it is stronger, but it's highly specific. So uh, you won't have the same effects. And some of you will have the flu and not have any uh, actual issues. Now, people that will contract this and are genetically predisposed um, to it, to be vulnerable to it, will indeed have long-lasting effects because, well, I already went into that. But how do you make good or better, how do you make something like this work for you? So I believe instead of them just trying to target China for making a deal with the U.S., because those were the talks, uh, and as you know, China threatened back. It exposed a bigger issue that President Trump has been trying to uh, put forward. Issues, not issue. One is open border policies. I mean, you can't just let people come in in masses because that's what causes disease. I mean, we saw it when the Mongols came in from the east and invaded Europe, uh, you know, and became Ottomans. They brought disease with them because remember, they're in different locations, different climate. They're resistant to different things. And then they bring this stuff over. And this is how you had Spanish flus, plagues, black deaths. All of this came over with mass migration because... Because they're bringing microbes and everything. I mean, how many of you have heard, you know, don't bring vegetation from another country and plant it somewhere because it'll invade the ecosystem. It's the same concept here. So number one, proof of concept, closed borders keeps not only a safe country, but a healthy one. That's number one. Number two, right, is the fact that response to disease is not um, something that we should take lightly. So even though the president knows that this is being over-exaggerated and politicized, uh, you know, because people forget that so many people died before, oh yeah, we have a problem with H1N1. Oh yeah, we have a problem with SARS. Oh yeah, we have a problem with this. Happened after so many people died, there was no preemptiveness. Here we have preemptiveness, right? We are taking precautions. We shut down flights super quick, quarantine super quick, testing super quick. Um, unlike other administrations that let it right out because, you know, peasants going to peasant, right? Now, the other super proof of concept is our dependency on other nations for vital things. Uh, you know, the president has been constantly telling us how we're dependent on the pharmaceutical industry's, um, you know, price cautious. <laughs> you know, we don't get good pricing. Everybody else does. Another thing that people don't know is that these generic medications are are in factories that we don't have any authority over um, in regards to quality. I know, uh, you know, FDA approves and whatnot, but, you know, it's not like they're going to be able to random sample all the time. Uh, most pharmaceuticals that we get come in from factories in Mexico, from Teva Pharmaceuticals and China and uh, implants from China because, you know, Shark Tank, they make stuff cheaper there, right? So it shows the dependency of how we have shifted to be dependent on certain things um, on other countries, which is not benefiting us. We are more than capable of producing, mass producing medications, mass producing 
using prosthetics, you know, implants, everything. And yes, it'll be more expensive because we don't use cheap stuff, uh, you know, because I mean, the virus was created in China, right? And if anything, we know anything you buy from China doesn't really last long. So we're good, right? But this is proof of concept. This is showing you that the things that he's been saying are dangerous to us. It's not just about money. It's about national security. If, if push comes to shove, if this was an insane, you know, pandemic, then China could say, listen, I've got 20% of the population of the planet within my borders. I can't afford to like make things and manufacture things for you. You want a bolus America? You want like this, you know, the, the water, you know, they hang the drips or a banana bag. Uh, you're going to have to pay me double because I got to look after my own people. And that's a few billion. You only have a couple hundred, a hundred million. So you're good. I'm busy do it yourself. And at that point, we don't even have the um, infrastructure to do it. This is what it's showing us that we don't have the infrastructure to supply pharmaceuticals and supply ourselves medical devices, medical equipment, because we've outsourced it. This is the point. So this is the bright side of everything. Now, uh, again, I'm going to say that the 14 day periods that you're hearing about the 12 day, that is exactly how long it'll take to not only incubate, but exasperate and create, um, you know, your T cells. So it's very specific on timing what you're seeing going around. Ah, in addition, I just wanted to say this closing down of colleges and schools and businesses and unimportant events is another way to just deter people from going to rallies. We don't want you going to Trump rallies. You're going to get sick. We don't need people to see you out there. You don't need to go shopping. Do it online. We don't need people out there. So we control the media. We tell you what's true. Kind of like Joe Biden literally endorsed the president unedited, unaltered, but they're telling you it's fake. So tell me again how this wasn't part of their plan. The plan of forcing people into quarantine because they control the media, they control social media, they control your internet so they can tell you what they want. I mean, they censored the president's, uh, you know, account tweeting out factual, actual video of Biden endorsing him, calling it fake when we all know it's not. So this was the plan. This was the plan. They can control what you can see and what you can do. They can turn things off. They can turn things on and they can sway your opinion, especially now when they need you blind the most. And even though we have control of the information, if we really wanted to, we can hijack Google. We can hijack Twitter. We can hijack Facebook. I mean, we did Look at all those sexy DMs of Jack Dorsey's that made him run away to Africa. So we can do that. And that, inf that type of information war would unmask, unmask the people that are doing that. We can't, mm, it's better to allow it in mystery rather than to be front facing. Because once you show your, your methods, you know, then you lose. It's not about being made. It's about being uh, your, your methods being identified. Um, so this um, panic is 
pretty much one of the most incredible strategies aside from alien invasion to be able to control information. But I believe, well, I can't say I know that the president is actually maximizing this and he's going to take their advice and not let a good crisis go to waste. And this is where we turn the lemons into lemonade. Just pay attention. I mean, if he's not panicking, I'm not panicking. And the media amplifying it is making it worse. But you know, I told you two years ago, I told you last year too, we're going back to a more stronger currency. Nothing says it like now. Look at the markets tanking and what's getting strong. That's right. Gold and silver. Because this is how you prove your concept. The Federal Reserve isn't helping. The media wants to tank it. Tank it all you want, guys. We're fine. We're going to sort it out. We're going to fix it because we've got a leader in the office. We've got a leader in the highest seat of the land, and he's going to make it work. Now, on that, I wanted to play uh, the first couple of minutes of Fox and Friends so you can hear what they had to say on the morning uh, break-in. Poke your head out because stock futures did rise after the president gave that briefing at the White House yesterday. Some relief to small business owners. That's that right. Are yeah, we'll I mean, well, about that in a minute. And we have woken uh, Stuart Varney, and it, uh, he hit the snooze button, but he is going to be with us in a matter of moments. Meanwhile, we begin with this Fox News alert. You got 26 Americans now who have died from the coronavirus. At least 600 cases are reported nationwide. A majority of the deaths linked to that nursing home in Washington state. And we have known that. Uh, Todd Pyro is live as the illness spreads to 36 states and they're locking down Italy, Todd. That's right, Steve Ainsley and Brian. Good morning to all three of you. The four latest Washington state fatalities bringing the number of deaths there to at least 23. Three of the newly confirmed deaths were elderly women at the Kirkland Life Care facility. The fourth was a man in his 80s who had also been a resident at Life Care. And the concern there at that facility, far from over. We would like more kits to be able to test employees. That's, that's what we continue to ask, and, uh, and, and we hope that request will come through. Here is where we stand now. 36 states have cases of coronavirus with at least 600 cases nationwide and 26 deaths. All this as the cruise ship forced to idle for days off the California coast pulled into the port of Oakland yesterday. The Grand Princess, with more than 3,500 people aboard, has 21 confirmed cases, a number of the passengers to be quarantined in military locations throughout the country. Staying in the Bay Area, Santa Clara County has banned events with more than 1,000 people in attendance later this week following the area's first death from COVID-19. And St. Patrick's Day parades in Boston and in Dublin both canceled. Elsewhere around the globe, the Italian leader put his entire country on lockdown, urging all 60 million Italians to stay home, while Israel announced that all travelers coming into the country will be put on a 14-day quarantine. Meantime, Chinese President Xi Jinping made his first visit to Wuhan this morning, that, of course, being the epicenter of the outbreak. Steve Ainsley and Brian. That's right. Thank you, Todd. They're kind of taking a little victory lap because they've been able to contain it here uh, there in China. Let's bring in Stuart Varney, host of Varney and Company over in Fox Business. Stuart, yesterday the market sold off two. Before we get into the market thing, I just wanted to say Italy locked down. Do you guys remember what happened to Italy this fall? We talked about it on the Tory Says Show. We talked about an invasion of what? Do you guys remember the ship 
with the Africans that came from Somalia and Eritrea. Do you guys remember that? How they were just taking boats and they were calling them Syrian refugees, but all of them were Africans and they were coming from Libya. Do you remember? We did like two, three shows. I mentioned it. Uh, Do you remember how one of the boats were actually navigated by someone who has been found to be trafficking humans and children? Remember that there was like a court case and they arrested her and then they let her go. And remember, I also told you that this specific uh, virus tags on to specific genetic um, codes um, and they hail from what did I say Asia and North Africa so here is where you're seeing it play out now other people have been infected Ohio that wasn't on the map on Fox had three confirmed uh, coronavirus um, patients um, one was a couple from DC and another one was teaching at the Jewish school of something something again highly specific virus many people are probably walking around right now with it some of them might have a bit of a cold but I'm pretty sure if I got sick I wouldn't go to the doctor I just probably stay at home and get Amazon fresh to deliver me a bunch of orange juice and tea and water and let it work out rather than have someone quarantine me and ship me off to some military base where they can examine, um, you know, the virus, your body is magical and, um, it is capable of fighting everything. Uh, your brain is the most, uh, efficient quantum computer. Uh, Your body is a billion cells working together and viruses are inert objects until they actually penetrate your cells. So (laughs) what we need to just look at with this whole virus scenario, this whole flu is that it is just that a flu more potent, highly concentrated and very specific. They've told you that. So um, that that's probably why Twitter preemptively put out the whole, you know, you can't be racist against, you know, certain um, people for being sick, etc. Oh, and just so you know, if you've had the COVID-19, you're a carrier for life because it alters things. It leaves, it, it actually causes it's like HIV you always have it so this is kind of um, a double-edged sword very important weapon um, and a weapon that was not expected to be triggered but nonetheless will be conquered 2,000 points. Yeah. How much of it was corona panic and how much was it the uh, the gas war between the countries okay. of Saudi Arabia and Russia? I call it 40-60. 40% of it was the virus because we don't know what impact this social distancing is going to have and the quarantine is going to have on us. But the other 60% was this, this uh, oil price war which sent the price of oil tumbling and raises the prospect of some bankruptcies uh, among the frackers in America and the end not the end but a a decrease in our oil output because it's not real for oil when it's at 33 34 dollars a barrel 
Stuart, the Dow, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ yep. all rose after the president gave the briefing, helping out these small business owners. Do you like his plan? His plan, just in case folks at home missed it, potential payroll tax cut for hourly wage yep. earners so that no one misses a paycheck. Uh, conversations with the hard-hitting companies like airlines and hotels, how we can resolve the problem. And then yep. working with small business administrate small businesses so that... Um, and maybe paid sick leave, help for hourly workers. Now, there are some Republicans who don't like this, who Why? say, Look, don't do this bailout, don't throw money at the problem. It, it, the problem is not a lack of money, the problem is the virus. But what if I disagree with their that. Businesses? I disagree yeah. with that. I think that you don't bail people out because uh, as if they've done something wrong. What we're doing now is helping people who've been caught in this virus scare. Through no we do fault the of their own. Exactly. Yeah, we do the, the farmers. We're in the middle of a trade war with Farmers got with help when we had the trade war with China. Billions of dollars funneled to they them. Why bailout. not help our... Yeah, they you, hear bailout. bailout's the wrong word. Right. This is help for people who have been hurt through no fault of their own period. Nancy uh, Pelosi does not want the payroll tax cut. No, she doesn't want the payroll. What she wants, I'm, su I'm sure, is paid sick leave as a new entitlement so that they can go into the election and say, look what we did for you. Look at this. Look at this. Paid sick leave on the books. I don't think we get that. I want to see help for hourly paid workers, maybe some help for the airlines, and maybe a payroll tax deduction. It's a quick way of getting the money out there, real fast, temporary. Is the problem we're a consumer-driven economy, and if we tell our consumers to stay home, we tell them not to shop, not to go to restaurants, not to go to Las Vegas, and we cancel conferences, that is our engine. That is a problem because we don't know the effects on our economy of this social distancing. You know, don't go in crowds, don't travel so much. The, the lack of social dis uh, mixing, that will create a, something of a problem for the economy. Right. But we don't know how bad it's going to be or right. how long it lasts. Because you've got all these uh, people who are teleworking, telecommuting. Yep. You know, uh, people in the building right over there were told, go go home yesterday because somebody had the coronavirus. And now everybody's going to, they were told at the end of the day, take your computer with you. Apparently they're doing the same kind of precautions down in Washington, D.C., where the federal government, right. certain agencies might have to close. So you're going you're to work from home. Social distancing is important, but it will have a downside effect. And we don't. Here's the downside effect. You're getting coffee in the morning from Starbucks. What if the guy that's making your coffee is sick? Do they use gloves? Do they sanitize in between each coffee? What if they sneeze? What if anything? These are the things people are going to see. And this this is what people are going to try to avoid. Eating out. How do you know that the cook there didn't just, you know, wipe his nose on his hand while he's making food? You just have to trust that he has good hygiene. These are all things that people are going to be thinking about. This is going to tank the small businesses, the, the food business. And like you said, you're going to be you're creating this social distance, which um, can work in our favor in order to stop what's going on and bring on the Internet Bill of Rights. This is how you ride the wave with a big MAGA surfboard um, and use it to your advantage. You want to amp it? You want to make it crazy? Let's get crazy. Let's report every single death, because I tell you, if they did this with influenza B, influenza A, this would have all been out there with SARS, with Ebola. They didn't make you panic like crazy. Oh, it's concentrated. We're doing a great job. When Ebola was more dangerous. What about the Zika virus? How many of you saw Zika virus reports? Like for me, knowing the effects of the Zika virus, having seen the science behind it and how it works, man, I'll tell you what, there was not a day that I didn't go without spray for mosquitoes because that was the uh, most effective mode of transmission. 
So because it is important to protect ourselves, especially for me, for some reason, bugs love to bite me. Um, But these are things that are normal in flu season. Wash your hands, avoid contact, you're sick, stay home. You know, uh, you don't have to go to the supermarket and do taste testing. You know, like you see the people in Sam's Club or Costco buying mass toilet paper. Like, what's that all about? But they're still testing food that everybody's touching and breathing over. I'm just saying, uh, which one is it? Are you scared or are you just pretend scared? So precautions, simple things. But you know, uh, these uh, lefty companies are going to pay for it and they're going to be lashing out to CNN, to all of them because Starbucks, they're going to decline. How many of you in the morning want to get a coffee with the side of coronavirus? Just saying. And I'm saying this because the one time that I um, that I got the flu um, was when when was the last time I got a flu? I know I had the flu. It was in 2009 and I was sick. I was like really sick. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Um, and my kids were away. Uh, you know, it was just me for the week. And it, the my symptoms started to come out uh, like four days. No, that's a lie. I think it was like closer to when they were coming back, like a day before my kids were coming back. And I remember thinking like, you know, that's impossible. I've been home. I've been studying and, you know, I got my food delivered, um, you know, like to cook. Right. Uh, the only thing that I actually had contact with people was literally at Starbucks. And so from then I was thinking, you know, when it's flu season, I don't go to Starbucks and get coffee because there's so many people that go by there. They're so busy. They're so crazy. They'll wipe their hand on their forehead, you know, cause it's hot, it's quick, it's fast. Right. And I actually said, Oh, whatever it was, it was probably the cup where I just popped in or touched the counter or something because there's so many people. That's the only time I could have contracted the flu there. So good hygiene is important. But again, the president of the United States right now is making good on this crisis. And this is how we're going to write it. We're going to let them play the whole social isolation because this is going to allow us to trigger exactly what we need to bring on the internet bill of rights because they will try to box in the information that we have available to us, what is considered true, what is considered false. They'll tell you and you're just going to have to deal with it. So after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about Turkey, Russia, what Turkey is doing, how they've pandered to NATO, and also a few other stuff um, that are pretty important uh, in regards to Biden Etc. Etc. So that's what we're going to be talking about after the break, unless you know what's to come comes quicker, per se. Real news. All right. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So we talked about the manufactured thumping of the coronavirus. And, you know, it's only going to be a matter of time before all of them eat crow and um, spreading this fear, uh, which they think is benefiting them when in essence it's not. But while we're distracted with the coronavirus, we have to remember that the Ukraine investigation is going on. Hillary Clinton will be testifying. And Joe Biden is now implicated in massive hospital fraud. Um, A lot of you probably missed this. Take a listen. Claim James Biden promised medical companies his last name and political connections could open doors for them and help land major deals and investments, investments that never came. In January, the FBI raided a hospital in western Pennsylvania linked to James Biden. The rural hospital is one of several run by the health care provider AmeriCorps. Former executives at the company say Biden first became involved with AmeriCorps in 2017, promising to help solve their financial woes by using his political connections to secure a major investment from the Middle East. One former executive, Tom Pritchard, told Politico, He could get us in front of the unions. He could get us in front of certain people in government. He could get us in front of the right people. Biden did help the company secure a short-term loan, but Pritchard says in return, Biden got a $650,000 loan from the company, which was never repaid. And those major investments never came. Biden also allegedly promised medical service companies that his older brother, the former vice president, would promote their health care models as part of his 2020 campaign. Two of those companies are now suing James Biden and AmeriCorps in federal court over an alleged scheme to drive the firms out of business and steal their business models. A Biden campaign official says Joe never discussed AmeriCorps with his brother or expressed support for the business. But the elder Biden did meet AmeriCorps founder at a 2017 fundraiser for the Bo Biden Foundation, though the official says if the two interacted in any way, it would have been a handshake and nothing more. James Biden and AmeriCorps have denied the allegations against them, but in a recent court filing, the two companies suing them said they have received a massive amount of new evidence implicating Biden, and they plan to introduce it in the coming weeks. Oh, dear. What was that? Okay. And then we have Hunter Biden using his connection, James Biden, obviously Joe Biden. Yet what we have to worry about is the coronavirus. Focus there. Don't focus on the fact that Adam Schiff is trying to revive the Russia Russia since uh, what's happening in the Middle East is not something they like. Why is Russia refusing to, you know, sit like a duck and let Erdogan take control? Why is the plan being ruined? And also, don't focus on the erosion of morality. Now, we've noticed lately a lot of people have woken up to the fact that a lot of the films that we watch actually depict factual actual situations and happenings. And one thing that um, was concerning to me uh, that I know is a real thing is a movie that came out called The Hunt. And it was actually trending on Twitter this morning. So I thought I'd bring it up to you guys so you um, understand what I'm trying to say on this. Uh, A lot of movies um, depict actual facts. And the reason this is done is to desensitize you. 
uh, you're desensitized to violence and gore. You know, they tried with the purge, right, to desensitize people. And there are so many people thinking, well, you know, a day like that is not bad. You know, we'll get rid of a lot of people, helps depopulation. Uh, Contagion was another one um, where... um, you know, it kind of depicts like what happens when something like, uh, you know, uh, a scare of uh, biological warfare occurs. All of these things are real things that they create to desensitize you or give you that, ah, well, you know, I kind of thought that could exist. And, you know, all these movies that we watch of uh, a future that is horrific we're only going through to that, you know, we're going that direction without realizing it. Here is a, um, here's a clip and, um, actually an article that I've been working on isn't referring to the hunt, but something similar. Take a listen. You actually believed we were hunting human beings for sport, but you are. Are you aware that people believe this is a real thing? It was a joke. Wasn't funny. The last I heard, free speech still exists. Don't First Amendment me. Why you? You must have done something. What kind of sick people would even think of something like that? White people. We're the worst. So here we go. White people are the ones that think of hunting people. Uh, You must have done something for them to pick you so they can hunt you. And there they are telling you, but you are hunting people. It's not just, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, a a thing that you're saying. And then they're like, well, you know, First Amendment. Isn't that what they say when they when they do things that are horrific, like show decapitated, you know, of our president or um, talk about about things as if, um, you know, it's no big deal. It's first amendment. Don't first amendment me. You know how many people are on this list of hunts and mm, you can say, let's get into that conspiracy theory zone, but you know, there's evidence. Uh, we have people like John Kerry, right? We have people like Bill Clinton in his days in Oxford, Dick Cheney, Gore, the list goes on, Kissinger, the list goes on and on. But you know, this sport was actually born, right, as uh, an annual thing, according to conspiracy theories, of course. Uh, The Queen of um, Denmark, Marie, you know, the one that we talked about over a year ago, because she's reluctant to just sell us Greenland when she should just give it to us. Yeah, that one. And um, the royals love it. It's a sport. You're a peasant. um, And you just don't get it yet. These people are all hunters. (laughs) But it's funny. Hunters hunted... Hunters are being hunted right now. And speaking of hunters, Hunter Biden, I want to talk about Joe Biden. I want you to listen to him say that he wants to slap a constituent in the face this is how much they hate you. He said, don't tell me that. 
said, don't tell me that. I'm going to slap you in the face. (laughs) Boy, do they love you. How dare you humans, peasants that are nobodies, step up and tell us what is and isn't. This is how they respond to you. This is how they see you. You are nothing but a pawn and a means to their way. That's it. So one thing that, um, you know, these hundred people now are panicking over is disclosure and disclosure on many, many things. Yeah, I think I'm going to get into that after we just cover Turkey first, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Someone was like, oh my gosh, I want this, but I want an update on Turkey. So yes. Okay. My listeners are right. Let's go to Turkey right quick. Okay. Take a listen to the discussion Erdogan had with um, NATO's Secretary General. Distinguished Secretary General, my valuable friend, distinguished members of the press, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to salute you with my most heartfelt feelings and regards. As you know, on 27th of February in Idlib, there has been a heinous attack against our soldiers who have put their lives out there in order to ensure the security of our country. Following this attack, on 28th of February, within the framework of Article 4 of the Washington Treaty, we have invited the NATO Council for an extraordinary session, shared information with our allies and held consultations. And during our talks today with Distinguished Secretary General, we addressed primarily the situation in Syria. I have emphasized the importance of the immediate provision of the additional support that we requested from NATO and our allies during the Council meeting. Turkey's Syrian border is also the southeastern border of the NATO. The crisis that is originating from Syria is a threat against our region and actually against all of Europe with its security and humanitarian dimensions. No European country has the luxury to remain indifferent to the clashes and the humanitarian tragedy in Syria. We should raise our efforts more than ever regarding the Syria issue. Turkey has been fighting against threats and dangers that are originating from Syria for exactly nine years. We are the only NATO country that has fought against Daesh man-on-man and has had martyrs for this purpose. And furthermore, we are hosting 3.7 million Syrian refugees. And we are expecting concrete support from all our allies for this fight that Turkey has been carrying out on its own and with great sacrifices. NATO is in a critical period when it should clearly manifest the alliance solidarity. A significant part of our requests from NATO are relating to 
full implementation of the measures in support of defending Turkey on the basis of the decisions taken in 2012 and 2015. Distinguished Secretary General said that on this issue work is ongoing in the alliance and that he is personally following up the process. I would like to also conveyed our considerations regarding regular migration to the Distinguished Secretary General. We will also discuss these issues also with the Presidents of the European Council and the European Commission that I will soon meet. It is beyond reason and understanding that an ally and a neighboring country points towards Turkey as the one responsible for the wave of irregular migration. And I have expressed to the Senior Secretary General that we are not going to allow this country to use the current situation and use the European Union in order to obtain unjust gains for itself. Together with my valuable friend, we also exchanged opinions on the peace process in Afghanistan and the future of NATO presence in this country. Turkey will continue to stand with its Afghan brothers and sisters independent from the developments. Distinguished members of the press, Turkey adds to the strength of the NATO and the NATO adds to the strength of Turkey. But of course, what is of course essential here is that NATO provides added value to our country's defense and counterterrorism efforts. Moreover, uh, it is also essential that our allies show solidarity with our country without discrimination or political conditions. It is very important in the sense that the support we request is provided without further delay. I believe that the necessary steps will be taken in the upcoming process, and I would like to thank the Distinguished Secretary General. President Erdogan, it's a pleasure to meet with you here today. Turkey is an important and valued ally, contributing to our shared security in many different ways. We have just discussed uh, uh, the serious security situation in uh, Syria and the refugee and migrant crisis which uh, this has uh, caused. The ceasefire in Idlib is holding and we have seen a decrease in violence uh, over the past uh, days. It is important to build on this to ensure protection of uh, civilians and secure uh, access for humanitarian aid. <coughs> Turkey is the ally most affected by the turmoil and the violence in Syria. No other ally has suffered more from terrorist attacks, and no other ally hosts more refugees. NATO will continue to support Turkey with a range of different measures. This includes defensive missile systems helping to protect Turkey against threats from Syria. We also support Turkey with air and naval presence. And over the years, NATO has invested more than 5 billion US dollars in military facilities in Turkey, including important infrastructure such as naval bases and radar sites. All of this demonstrates NATO's strong commitment to Turkish security. The indiscriminate uh, bombings by the uh, Assad regime and Russia have caused uh, untold human suffering. 
These attacks have increased the movement of people towards Turkey, which already hosts close to 4 million refugees. We recognize that Turkey is carrying a heavy burden, but Turkey must play its part in finding a longer-term uh, longer solution to this uh, crisis. I have followed with great uh, concern the events unfolding at the Turkish-Greek border in recent days. The issue of migration and refugee flows is a common challenge that requires common solutions. So I welcome the dialogue between Turkey and the European Union, and I trust that a way forward can be found. NATO will continue uh, to play its part. We are currently deployed in the GNC to help tackle the refugee and migrant uh, crisis. Allies are also prepared to continue to support Turkey and we are exploring what more we may be able uh, to do. The President and I uh, also discussed a range of other issues, including NATO's relations with Russia and the Turkish purchase of S-400 air defense system, as well as the situation in Afghanistan. NATO remains a platform for discussion between allies uh, of these and many other uh, issues. So, President Erdogan, this is uh, why I agree, agree, greatly welcome the opportunity to meet with you uh, again today. So, thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. The most passive-aggressive, we're not jumping into war with you response ever. Throwing back s400 purchase throwing back that yeah we recognize 4 million 3.7 whatever refugees but throwing back that he pointed out that he stands with afghanistan that is a very big deal his statements was we're going to be backing them and you're either going to have our back and let us do this because we know that you're organizing for a Kurdistan. We know that you are doing this and we're not accepting this. Now listen to the analysis to, of Erdogan. Um, listen to the analysis what, uh, of Erdogan in Brussels. This is telling you what Erdogan is trying to push. He's saying that he's trying to kill two birds with one stone. Listen to this. Turkey's president is trying to achieve in these talks today in Brussels. This has had always a domestic uh, dimension uh, from the very beginning, from the outset, uh, being pressurized uh, in Idlib province, the, the quagmire of Syria, uh, Erdogan uh, in his anger, uh, in what many see as an impulsive reaction, uh, ordered uh, the massive buildup alongside the Greece, Greek border and also uh, the Aegean. And this, uh, this has uh, caused, naturally, uh, an outrage, especially in Greece. Uh, this, as I said, is, a, is, is more or less uh, entirely domestic dimension, uh, also putting a pressure on, on, on you. But uh, there is a growing resentment against the Syrian refugee presence in Turkey. And Erdogan calculates, uh, as a master politician, to um, uh, also drag... The, the water bases, the opposition parties, many of which, many of whom are, are also oppositional to, to the refugees, refugees' presence in Turkey. So he's trying to hit two birds with a stone, one might say. If you could elaborate on this, when you say domestic dimension, so it's not so much about what he can get out of the EU, it's more about what he can project back home? 
Uh, exactly. Uh, this is uh, something. Uh, of, th this is a situation where a politician, uh, long time uh, in power, now as Erdogan is uh, trying to stay in power, uh, being pressurized, and also uh, what many see as humiliation uh, treatment by the Russians. Now Erdogan is trying, is trying to stay above the water. And uh, the, the massive buildup of refugees, of course, uh, did not lead anywhere. Uh, and uh, this has caused an uh, uh, unaccountable amount of uh, human tragedy alongside the border. And this time, uh, surprisingly, uh, European Union, the Commission, uh, the, the top figures of the EU, uh, seem to have changed the, the attitude and they are now more uh, harshly responsive to what they see as the threats uh, from Turkish president. So uh, the Ursula von der Leyen uh, hours ago uh, said that Turkey must get back all these refugees from Greece and also from the border areas. So this will be sort of an arms wrestling in Brussels today. Erdogan expects some... Wait, so he's saying that, you know, he has to pull them back. Well, here's what he said. He said, open the gates to the migrants. This is exactly what Erdogan said. Between the two sides, we've had European officials talking darkly about blackmail. The Dutch prime minister, for example, said that uh, the EU should not renegotiate with the knife to its throat. So pretty stark language there uh, from Mark Rutte. But more generally, there's a sense in... Uh, the uh, EU that uh, perhaps uh, the two sides can discuss how to make that 2016 agreement more effective because it's true that a lot of the money promised has not been paid yet. It is a complex process because the money is going to about 100 individual projects rather than to the Turkish government. So it, it does necessarily take time, but you could argue the EU has been too slow in dispersing the money. Uh, but I think the perception that the EU might give something, therefore giving in to, uh, as one official called it, blackmail. That is something the EU will be uh, very keen to avoid at these talks. And also remember that from the EU's perspective, the refugee situation inside Turkey has not changed because those Syrians displaced from Idlib province, they haven't come into Turkey. If we show you the border between Turkey and Syria, uh, what's happened is that those uh, internally displaced Syrians that have fled Idlib, they're still on the Syrian side of the border because that Turkish-Syrian border you can see in red there, it's been closed effectively since 2015. It hasn't reopened. Therefore, from the EU's perspective, why should they renegotiate when Turkey has th the same refugee problem that it did before this latest displacement from uh, Idlib in 2016. So there's not much incentive for, for the EU really to fundamentally revise that deal. And while those negotiations take place, Greece is stuck in the middle. How uncomfortable is its position? Well, uh, Greece has already sought help from the EU and received, uh, this was several days ago, uh, support in the form of more uh, Frontex uh, guards. Frontex is the EU's rapid border intervention team. Uh, so that is on its way. But beyond that, the EU can't really do a huge amount. I mean, it doesn't have diplomatic leverage over Bashar al-Assad, so there's no way that the EU could diplomatically smoothen out the crisis in Idlib. And at the same time, uh, the EU is obviously not going to uh, start sharing asylum seekers across the member states. 
that, that there's no way it's going to go back to those squabbles during the 2015 crisis. So it can't actually do a huge amount to help Greece, except for uh, deploying more Frontex, uh, Frontex forces, as I mentioned. Um, so Greece is really in, in, a, in a difficult position. I mean, it has, of course, uh, used this very forceful response, which has uh, have earned criticism. Uh, but at the same time, Greece knows that um, it is uh, basically now uh, the only thing stopping uh, migrants and or refugees from going into other EU countries. So in that sense, it does have the support for these uh, very uh, controversial measures, some might say, that it has employed to push, uh, push migrants back into Turkey. Push them back into Turkey? Basically, that is a lie. Because right now what we're seeing in the border is to push them through the border in Greece. So very conflicting information. Erdogan showing his teeth in Brussels and NATO not complying to his demands. So we're going to see this evolve into something (laughs) that we've been anticipating for a while. And I don't know if any of you did, but you should go to Google Maps and just type in Kurdistan. That's what's got Erdogan's panties in a twist. And maintaining Idlib and the control of that area is very important to him. You know, oil and stuff. I'll see you all in a bit. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. Um, So I am going to shift gears and talk about stuff that my subscribers on Subscribestar probably have more in-detail knowledge. But I want to... um, I want to talk about uh, the climate, Uh, not not climate control, but the climate and the atmosphere, the political atmosphere that we're experiencing right now. This hijack of what we're supposed to feel, how we're supposed to react and how we're supposed to respond to things. Um, I've talked about reality hackers, you know, the ones that tell us what is really supposedly going on and how we don't know what's going on. And they're here to tell us um, what they're putting out. You know, the panic that we see about um, so many people are being killed by the police. Uh, The coronavirus is going to kill you. Uh, Orange man, bad. Um, no, we're the best. The Democrats are perfect. You know, we're not reckless throwing our, 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 our support behind someone with dementia. Look at here, Hillary Clinton. She looks amazing. Great speaker. Look over here. You should be eating this, not that. This is how you should look, not that. This is what you should say, not that. These are all ways to control people. And now, uh, I just wanted to say that, um, I I wanted to make mention of what uh, your consciousness, how it's being hijacked. If you actually use those six inches, you know, between your ears, which is one of the largest computers ever, and embrace the fact that your DNA has history and eons worth of information that 
you just don't know how to tap into, uh, things would be a lot simpler for you to see. Uh, you project your own reality. Many times I've said that I travel to the future. In my future or the timeline that I see is completely subjective to my perception or my point of view. And that is how it works. Now, somehow, think about it. Are you um, performing or acting or responding to stimuli uh, simply for self-preservation or are you trying to shape your future? Uh, This is a question I want all of you to ask yourselves at some point. I mean, uh, you know, I should always take the advice that I dish. And um, I think Scott Adams said it best. I'm really good at giving people other advice, but not really good at applying it to myself. That's what he told me. And I always agree. I, I think I'm one of those people. But in this sense, I'm talking science, even though it sounds more inspirational. This is actually science. People and individuals can collectively push conspiracies or ideas um, into the public ether uh, by way of a collective. And uh, you have to know that, you know, it's the it's your um, ego Right and lack of your esoteric education um, that you need to save yourself from. Uh, there's a I've said it many many times over. Like when I put out articles and then people report it like a year later, I'm like, oh, old news. That's my ego talking because in essence, if that wasn't you know my ego talking, I wouldn't mention it. Uh, this is something embedded in our DNA. We love recognition, right? We love that. But in in essence, we should be focusing on messages, not the messenger. And it's important that we protect ourselves from our own ego and how we follow people because we see a lot of people um, following uh, lots of pundits or mysterious, you know, Uh, Twitter posters with like froggies or whatever in their pictures, some of them coming out to you and telling you their life story and telling you things. The bottom line is what we need to focus on is the message, not the messenger. And what we need to do is take away what we can. Whatever source of information um, you happen to cross, uh, you have to um, be aware that it's down to you tapping into that inner understanding and, um, you know, protecting yourself from yourself. Uh, instead of hating uh, people and pointing people out or saying, oh, I don't listen to you. I only listen to this person or whatever. Um, I think we need to look into ourselves um, rather than fall. Because for the clowns out there, if we are divided, they stand. And if we are united, they fall. That is the way it is. And that is how they push it. You know, I've talked about the Blue Bloods many, 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 many times and how they use human beings for their gain in every which way. 
there are things that you would not fathom happen to human beings every day. You know, when I see Turkey coming out, uh, speaking of, I'm so concerned about these migrants. I think of the thousands of bodies that washed up on the shores of Greece in 2015 that were void of vital organs. They harvested their organs and tossed them to the sea, and they hoped that people would believe that they drowned. You know, this is how it is. This is how it moves. Mm. Image, control of information. You know, Back channels for many people are very important. There are many modes of input, right? There's sound, there's visual, there's, you know, reading, um, movies, videos, uh, you know, flipboards, um, radio, right? TV, print, social media, chatting, so many ways. The bottom line is to stay consistent on message and one message only, and that is transparency. I was watching... Um, a live um, town hall of a city um, <laughs> that's filled with clowns that got busted for making employees sign papers threatening them that if they talk to the media, they're in trouble. Now, that's a big problem. Right. That's that's actually illegal. And if there's unions, they should be involved. But what I noticed was a lot of grandstanding and Cory Booker things, you know, pull out that fake sword and die on it kind of thing. That's exactly what you see, that there's all this facade, right? This joke, this mesmerization. And then, you know, as I was watching that live, I could see the people that are paid to thump up the message, kind of like you can see who's getting money to talk about coronavirus. I mean, if I was Starbucks, I'd pull my ads because you're not going to be getting people getting coffee. McDonald's, heck no. Burger King, heck no. Why would you go eat fast food when you don't know if the person, you know, who has that low paying job doesn't have paid time off. So if you don't have paid time off, you're you're 20 million times more than likely to go into work. Think, think. This destruction is self-destruction, self-sabotage. They're sabotaging themselves to cause chaos. You know, they wanted to rip the infrastructure and instead they're doing it the other way. Let's crash the market enough, which is going to bounce back super quick. So everyone's going to be buying like nobody's business before we flip to gold. Remember, he's going to make the market shoot and this will be it. But look at what they are doing collectively. They're, you know, hijacking your access to information. They're also creating, you know, um, rifts between people that are just messengers. If you listen to someone effective or you read someone's effective work, they're going to tell you a million bad things about that person. If you see a post or a video of someone that, you know, the cool kids that tell you stuff don't thump, then, you know, it's rubbish. Put it to the side. Look, I follow a lot of things online. I follow clowns. I follow the most corrupt people. And I watch 
everything. And that's exactly what I do is watch and discuss it with people I trust to discuss, right? Uh, analyze. And sometimes I'll even go straight to the source and say, dude, what's up? So what we need to understand is that the division that they're causing is massive. And it's not just the crazy left. They're so far gone. They're crying because Bernie's going to die and he's never going to be president. And he just wants to help people. Okay. Those people are so far gone. And I don't know what kind of parents raise that child, but boy, um, this is where you know, your tenants should be kicking in per se. But again, we have to look at the message over the messenger and you have to see one consistent message that your president has been giving you. Look at the message the president has been giving you. Transparency. What if I told you, remember how I told you that that, 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 that the coronavirus is highly specific. What if I told you something like, mm, uh, the coronavirus targets very highly specific genetic codes. What if I told you, I don't know, you come from a certain lineage or maybe you're, you, you've been cloned and you didn't know that, you know, what if it targeted you? What would you say? Well, that's nuts. Well, is it though? Because it would be highly lethal to very specific people. You know, I'm just saying, um, who was coughing and got fired? Think. Oh, it means you're not that. How do you weed out people that shouldn't exist? And you're going to say, wait, stop, Tori. Are you saying like to kill people because they shouldn't be here? Do they not have, you know, what, what, what are you saying? Well, um, so let's put it this way. Pool with kids. What did people do to stop kids from peeing or to weed out the kids that would go in there purposely to pee? Do you guys remember that? Uh, I put a special dye. If you pee, it'll show. Right? Mm. So this is one. How do you find who's peeing in the pool? Or how do you find who's who they say they are? How's that? And the way you do this is by making sure you can have it highly specific. Okay, let's do this. Let's pretend there's a table of 10 people. Within those 10 people, three people, Joe's, no, okay, Joe, Hillary, and um, Nancy are sitting at the table. You're suspicious that Nancy, Joe, and Hillary are not who they say they are, that they're actually replacements, that, you know, they're, you know, somebody else. And that somebody else or some, you know, maybe they're dogs dressed as them, right? Let's pretend that. Or aliens, bad, bad reptile aliens, really bad. And let's just pretend, right? And they're wearing a human suit that they look itchy in hint. So, um, so they're sitting there at the table with you and you want to suss out that you're right because this is why they're able to do these things. This is that way. I know who has more access to, I don't know, like, let's pretend that these, this alien race, I'm just saying, not saying it's an alien race. Okay. This is just hypothetical. Um, let's say that they have the ability to, manifest things, uh, or cause changes in the atmosphere. There we go. Make hurricanes move. Just saying. 
BS, right? So they're sitting at the table and you want to suss them out. So you know for a fact that the bad, bad, bad aliens, even though it's not aliens, I'm just saying, um, are allergic to paprika. So everyone's sitting down to have a meal, right? And you use that special paprika, the Hungarian one. It has to be very highly specified, you know, rarely ever used. Let's make it as a super paprika that is like as expensive as saffron 20 times more. So there's like the odds of it sitting in the White House at, you know, no, in a cafeteria of the house would be like slim to freaking none, right? <laughs> so let's do that. So they're sitting down and they're eating and suddenly Joe, Hillary, and Nancy get sick. Oh. So you have to think, who are the people that are pushing uh, social isola- isolation? Who are the people causing the panic? Maybe it's the people that are allergic to that special spice. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to put it down there because in the end, God always wins. And when things happen, when humans cause uh, things to happen, when we create things, when we play with things as if we're gods, they tend to find a way to rectify themselves always Uh, because that is the resilience of the human race. And so Only thing you must think of is who is it targeting? Who is being effective? You know, I mean, what if it's just people that love pizza? Because it's very specific, right? I mean, I think it's about time uh, there's a little bit transparency. And that's what uh, my message to all of you is, is to focus on who not unites us all, not who speaks the best, looks the best, makes us laugh the most, because I know I'm funny. I'm the, <laughs> probably the only one that laughs at my own jokes on air, right? But you need to look at the people that are promoting transparency. Transparency, transparency, transparency. I mean, if the truth was ever laid bare, I have. do you guys have any like crazy prep materials? Like, you know, oh, I have batteries in case of an emergency and stuff like that. Do you know what I have? I have a stick of magnesium. I kid you not. Scrape it with a little bit of leather and I've got fire instantly. Even if it's wet, <laughs> it's very easy to make fire. I don't do rubbing twigs and, you know, matches can get wet. So can a stick of magnesium, but spark. So... Think of it that way. You're prepping. You're prepping should be just to look for transparency. And again, your president is promoting transparency. Your president wants to tell you, dude, this is a hoax. Trust me, this was released because even President Xi needs to eradicate sleepers. Just saying. This has happened. It was weaponized and this is growing. Look at who's getting sick. The Pope. Look at who's pushing for you to be isolated. Look at what they're doing. Look who invaded to bring it and aren't sick, but others are. This is the reality that you're not seeing. You're busy focusing on other things, you know, busy focusing on what they're telling you. Um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting if you think about it, this whole transparency thing. These people are sick. And in the end, there is nothing, nothing 
that can stop this. Nothing. Because even those that wear white hats can be black hats. And even those that wear black hats can be white hats. It all depends on how it works. You know, Homeland Security put out um, a campaign and it is called the DHS Blue Campaign. Blue Campaign. Again, Blue Campaign. And in that campaign, they push to see, do you want to partner with us to stop trafficking? Do you want to help us stop it, human trafficking? And so they're telling us, engage with us, educate your staff, stakeholders, and communities about using the resources that Homeland Security has for you so you can help me. Now think, Department of Homeland Security has been secured. What agencies have we not yet secured? The Pentagon. The Pentagon has not been yet secured. Right. The Department of Defense is riddled with holes everywhere because this is where we see we have the most concerns of. And those are going up to the highest of ranks. So as we slowly fix the sick portion of our nation's infrastructure, our job as shareholders and owners and people that exist in this country is to ensure that we promote transparency and we push forward for transparency, not only demand it from our elected officials or those that we are to elect, but also amongst ourselves, that there is transparency and openness in communication. The reason that transparency, transparency is the underlying key message the president is giving you. If you listen, kind of like the way, you know, when a restaurant closes, there's that underlying smell of cooked or old stale frying oil, right? It's always going to be there. The stench in the background is because there's no transparency, I don't know, on cleaning methods. In this case, there is so much buried deep, 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 deep into the tiniest crevices and the deepest tunnels you can see. So much buried that you can smell it, but you can't see it. And we need to pull that curtain and start to see things as they are. And the one way you could see it is by, by the attacks that they are doing for transparency. Showcasing, I don't know, Biden's crazy rambles is not, how do you say, a political attack using fake advertisements like Joe Biden saying, oh, he did this and that when he didn't, it's using their own words against them. What is it called? Pulling their own pants down. When you see that there's a concerted effort to stop you being able to share truth, to share facts, to bring light, kind of like Laura Loomer did, um, that's when you know that they're in panic. I mean, biggest panic, Harvard says, don't come back to school after spring break and you can leave now if you want. I wonder why. Who attends Harvard? Uh-huh. Listen to Tucker Carlson 
speaking with Harmit um, Dillon. I just want you guys to listen to this. Meanwhile, on Twitter, a short video of Joe Biden retweeted by the president became the first Twitter video ever to be marked as, quote, manipulated media. What's going on here? We think you know. Harmeet Dillon is an attorney and advisor of the Trump campaign and someone who's deeply, deeply versed in the ways of big tech. She joins us tonight. Harmeet, thanks so much for coming on. So thanks, is Dr. what's happening here what seems to be happening here? Absolutely. What you're seeing here is big tech giving a big assist to one side at the expense of free speech and transparency. And to be clear, Tucker, they know that the president utilized uh, this media to communicate with voters directly in 2016 and win. And they're not going to let it happen again as easily as it did before. And so meanwhile, Americans have become inured to this censorship and uh, the government's doing nothing about it. So we have a real problem on our hands. I don't understand how monopolies, which shouldn't be allowed to operate anyway under current law, are allowed to subvert our election way more profoundly than Putin ever considered doing. And the Congress just sits there, part of it controlled by the Republicans, and does nothing. Explain that to me. Yeah, absolutely right. The problem here, Tucker, as you've covered on your show many times, is that politicians talk out of both sides of their mouths, and I mean politicians in both parties. Uh, they take cash from the big tech companies, Google, Twitter, and Facebook. The lobbyists' uh, hordes are descending and welcome in Capitol Hill at all times, and many of the staffers in Capitol Hill and even in the White House are interested in that revolving door that gets them a big salary, triple what they're earning now or more when they leave government. And so that is a confluence of factors. Meanwhile, the FEC has not caught up with this new technology, and there are no rules governing what looks to me and you like a in-kind contribution from these companies to these campaigns, and at a great expense to our democracy. Uh, you know, one side is allowed to use effective ads and mock our president. The other side is uh, labeled as manipulating speech, when in fact we're simply showing the words of Joe Biden, which are really deeply troubling. And so, um, you know, and this goes much deeper, Tucker, when you look at the the, the coronavirus. Zero Hedge was a website that was showing the truth about that and its origins in China. It's now been banned from Twitter. And so there are very sinister implications of allowing these companies to manipulate and show exactly and choose exactly what speech we can see as Americans. Exactly. What speech you can see as Americans. So isolating us and causing us to socially disperse, one, protects them from getting sick and being carriers to target them and two to control the messages you need to just look at that just pay attention to the little 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 things that are happening you know um there is a a little bit of uh, there are a few hints that are falling into your lap online that you don't see nothing nothing gosh darn it and i can't talk about it yet because i have to wait till it goes just gosh darn it well i guess we'll have to talk about it tomorrow from all of us here at red state talk radio god bless and maybe my tweets will hint you in the right direction have a fabulous evening see you tomorrow Thank you.